The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's Royal Visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. <laughs> How about that? time for another edition of the Hey! It's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Part of the Rotofanatic Podcast Network, episode 55. The John Gray edition. Today we have a fantastic guest that is going to blow your mind. You know her from a host of many different places, including Pitcher List, Dynasty Guru, and more. The one, the only, Shelly Veristrait. She is here to talk about one thing. Prospects. Dynasty mode. That's right. We're going deep on prospects and dynasty, but you're going to get your fill of the power of prospects. Join your host, Christopher Neary and Michael Govier, as they talk turkey with Shelly and maybe learn a thing or two about baking along the way. Take it away, everybody! Welcome in to the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We're glad to have you aboard. We got the show live streamed on Twitter, Facebook Live, and YouTube, and we also have the podcast version. So if you're listening in the podcast version, we greatly appreciate it as well. Plazo Podcast, two L's, two Z's on Twitter, Plazo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Today we have a great guest, along with my co-host, Chris Verdieri. Right, Chris? Are you excited? You ready for this? I'm here. Round two of two pods tonight, so I'm ecstatic. Let's introduce the guest. Okay, we will. Uh, she writes. She also speaks. She is everywhere. Shelly Veristrate, you are all over the map. I mean, you got uh, you have so many things on your bio that it's quite impressive. It's almost uh, daunting. I'm like, wow, how does she have time for this? As somebody who gives a lot of his own time to creating and making content, how do you pull it off? Uh, yeah, I mean, I can pull it off. I mean, I could basically 
turn to my husband and see how he is handling things with all the stuff that I do. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just, I just love just talking baseball, whether it's talking or typing about baseball. So I just kind of fit it in, I guess. Well done. Well, I commend you. Kudos to you. And a round of applause, of course. <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful. We are impressed and uh, very excited to have you aboard here. You have a lot of knowledge and experience with prospects. We're going to be talking about some of that. You are an avid dynasty player, are you not? I am. I am, a, 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 you know, probably about five dynasty leagues. I have a sickness, so there you go. <laughs> oh, you poor woman. Oh, God. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Life is tough, yes. Yes. Uh, no, our... Uh, previous podcast guest mr van lee manly van lee on twitter he is a big fan of yours and he had nothing but very positive things to say and he said you're an outstanding dynasty player and he doesn't like being in a league with you because you're good that's the problem <laughs> yeah he probably doesn't like to be in a league with me because i beat him like every single every single year of the of the yeah of the league that we are in together so i love you van i love you i love all your podcasts but uh you need to kind of up your game a little bit Ooh, Ooh. shout out <laughs> that's what i'm talking about i'll tell you what we loved having van on he was a lot of fun and we're very glad that you joined us i mean you do a lot of work dynasty guru pitcher list over the monster prospects 365 ray butler uh, big fan of his and rotographs least of all i mean rotographs is huge so uh, when did you get the rotographs gig because that's a big deal people know fan graphs and rotographs yeah yeah it was about um let's see it's i'm trying to think like 2020 is kind of a blur where everything was basically just one so i think it was about a year and a half ago um you know um uh you know uh someone reached out to me there and it was like, do you want to write about like dynasty baseball there? And I just remember getting that like DM through Twitter. And I was just like, what, what's going on here? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Jeff Zimmerman, Jeff was the one who reached out to me. It was like, yeah, do oh, you really? want to write? Yeah. And I was just, it took me a couple of hours to actually reach out because I just had to be like, let me just make sure that I'm, not dreaming because I've read this site for years. Wow. That must've been pretty cool. Uh, worked with Jeff at Rota fanatic last year. He's a very intelligent, smart dude and yeah. mining the news. I mean, so many things he does. Uh, the guy totally. knows, he knows it. He yeah. knows fantasy baseball. So that must've been a, wow. You know, as newcomers to the industry ourselves, that's, that's pretty cool. We don't under, value moments like that i think it's pretty cool to stop and take a moment and be like wow that's cool you know jeff zimmerman c contacted me and now here i am <laughs> yeah it's like wow he knows me he yeah. knows me like what's going on here <laughs> <laughs> and then you find out everybody's just like you you know just people and you know, exactly that's what i think's fascinating about it when you're on the outside and you know i imagine that's how it is with celebrities you know when you become famous you're like oh they're just regular people actually that's not true at all there's a big difference between celebrities hollywood and Good fantasy try, baseball Mark. community that is not how those they're not correlated i want to be clear on that anyways we're thrilled to have you here we're going to talk about Thanks. transactions that went down fantasy fallout from the transaction is there also any impact from these transactions on dynasty players 
prospects. That's what we want to know. We'll do Enrico's Inquisition, which is a chance to get to know Shelly beyond the baseball mind that she is. And we'll break down prospects from a redraft angle and then from a dynasty angle as well. And we'll get her opinions and thoughts on her fantasy process, how she looks at dynasty leagues in particular, and, and redraft. You play redraft as well, too, I, I assume. I do. I do. Again, the sickness. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to do one, you might as well do them all. So exactly. we'll, get, we'll get into all that and we'll get some projections on some prospects that are on the brink and see what Shelly thinks of those and your tweets and emails. And we'll see. Maybe we'll see if somebody's pissed at the end of the show. We'll do a mad as hell. No guarantees. But if it does happen, it will happen at the end of the show. I want to make this comment real quick with Van and Shelly. In 1989, I lived in this really crappy apartment in Farmington Hills, which is a subdivision, sub, you know, suburb of Detroit. And my next door neighbors were named, <laughs> they were named Shelly and Rob, and they had this kid named Van. And it was <laughs> so weird to me. Every time I think of your name or Van's name, I think of that kid Van. I haven't seen him in years. I was friends with him. We were little kids. We were like eight years old. And Shelly was really cool. So I assume you're as cool as she was. I, I hope that I'm as cool as, as that Shelly was. <laughs> From 32 years ago. Yeah. I also, when I hear the name Shelly, uh, when my mom was younger, her name is Michelle. And when she was younger, she was Shelly. But when she got older, she became Michelle. Any pressure to turn yourself into a Michelle? No, because my birth name is actually Shelly. So oh. exactly. I am, I am not pressured to become a Michelle, like at all. <laughs> awesome. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. So then you're off the hook. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, there it is. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. So without any further ado's or don'ts, why don't we get into leading off? All right. Leading off, we usually cover red hot stove league news what's going down and we look at it from a fantasy perspective real muto signs with philly i don't really think there's much to go on there we know who he is we know what the story is it's not like he's preventing somebody from playing uh nothing to add to that really is there shelly or do you have something you'd like to say about that uh yeah there, there's really nothing to add there i'm glad i mean i always thought that uh, Real Muto was going to go back to Philly, especially um, after the Mets signed a catcher, um, signed McCann. So it kind of was expected, and I am ecstatic for Ellen Adair and all of the Philly fans. <laughs> you know, Ellen's doing her dances right now. I oh, yes, like we she have is. Not seen a, I'm surprised we have not seen a video yet of Shelly dancing in one of her crazy Philly jerseys that she has. I yeah. think she put one up. Yeah, I think I saw Oh, did she? Oh, God, yeah. oh nice. Yeah, it might have been a repeat, but it was for Rio Muto. I know that. <laughs> um, by the way, I I didn't do what I wanted to do. I wanted to introduce you and try to one-up Doug Ishikawa's introduction of you when he <laughs> came on the panel for the uh, SB Streamer with the charity mm -hmm. event that they had the last weekend. And I didn't do that. Damn it! But I'm not going to top Doug anyways. He's amazing. So he let's is. just, Doug, you can have it. Congratulations. You are the best at introducing Shelly very straight. I will never be able to compete with you in that arena. And that's fine because I'm happy being second fiddle to Doug. He's a really good dude. Now back to the show. Anyways. Yeah. J2 real Muto. Woohoo. All right. Marcus Simeon to the Jays. I wonder, does this affect any 
prospects in the Jays system because the Jays Jays got a nice little farm system, right? Would you say that the Jays is above average when it comes to a farm system or kind of middle of the road? Uh, yeah, I, I, I do think, I, I guess I would say that they're above average. What I love about the Jays is they have an extremely fun, young system. Um, and I just love this for the Jays. Just, just adding another legit bet to that, to that lineup. I, I just don't know. The only thing that gives me a little bit of pause is with Alejandro Kirk. Um, I didn't know if he was going to get everyday uh, catcher at bats, um, whether it was going to be catcher or DH. But with this move, I think it really, really hinders him, which really, really stinks because I really love to watch him hit because he's so much fun. Yeah, I think there's been a lot of discussion about Kirk gets burned. Uh, Telez gets burned, too, with the Springer and the Simeon additions. That's a negative outcome. I wonder, we talked about this with Ryan Bloomfield. Is there any way that you would see Bichette being moved off of shortstop? Or do you think he's their shortstop no matter what? I, I think that he's his, their, their, um, uh, he's their shortstop for the, for the long term. I get, yeah, I mean, he's not that great defensively, but no, you're just going to stick with him at, at short. Yeah. Okay. I was just the thought I was thinking about. I, on the last show, I brought up the knee issues he had last year. And I'm not saying they're permanent, but they did hinder him. And you also mentioned he's not the best defensive shortstop. Simeon, I think, is better. I do as a defender. And he did not always used to be that way. He's really made strides. Yeah, so, yeah. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But there are a lot of bats and injuries always happen, too. So someone's going to get hurt, I'm sure. And the Jays will be grateful that they have all these extra players in the end. I think that's what San Diego's doing too. They've loaded up on all these players, right? And they're yeah. they're trying to prevent any type of injury from bringing them down. Yep. All right. Well, there it is. Marcus Simeon and the Jays. One-year deal, by the way. So that's not long-term commitment. Maybe he'll get his stock back up and he can get a long-term deal. But that's probably not the case either because there's going to be a labor strike or a lockout after this season anyways. <laughs> Everything's going to go to hell. And- <laughs> oh, no, don't say that. No. Oh, You're probably right, but please don't say that. <laughs> I know. Sorry. That's depressing. I apologize. Let's pep it up a little bit. Um, Any other deal? I want to talk about the, you know, and Drelton Simmons on his way to the Twins. Congratulations. Uh, whatever. Don't really think that's fantasy-wise that important. Freddie Galvis to Baltimore. <laughs> fantasy-wise, not a big fan of it necessarily. But Freddie Galvis does sometimes provide a little streak of home runs and, and pop. And if he's playing in the summertime in Camden Yards, that could be nice. That could be a nice little boost. But otherwise, I don't really see those. Either those deals strike you as relevant beyond what I said. Um, not, 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 not really. Um, I like, I like <laughs> the obvious answer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like both players, um, maybe for like deep leagues and stuff. Uh, maybe yeah. more Simmons more than anything else. Um, and all only sure. Yeah. 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 I'm just like really interested to see what either Philly or the Cincinnati Reds do at shortstop because the shortstop market just basically, uh, crumbled, uh, within a day. <laughs> and I don't know where they're going to go. So I'm really interested to see where those two teams go. Actually, let's just jump right to that then, because I'm curious about the red situation. Now, mm-hmm. I love me some Jose Garcia, and I think yes. you may know someone who was also a fan of Jose Garcia. <laughs> uh, 
Yes, definitely. My husband, he writes about Reds prospects, and we both love Jose Garcia. So we were ecstatic when he came up last year. He just was not ready. I totally understand why he wasn't ready. He went from high A to the majors. Huge jump. A huge jump. Um, I mean, I guess currently he's still in the majors right now. Uh, because they really don't have a, a shortstop really on the roster. With Galvis leaving too, that opens up more opportunity for him to possibly play. Exactly. I just, I, uh, unfortunately, I still don't think he's ready. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I just think that they need to sign, like, uh, like get another, like, a, get a one-year deal there. So, Garcia. There's two yeah. guys. Two guys. Yeah. Didi Gregorius or Jonathan VR, right? Yep, yep. I, I... I would like Didi because Didi is awesome. I just don't know if he would sign a one-year deal. So I'm thinking if if the Reds actually do do something, I think it might be Jonathan VR for like a one-year deal kind of thing. That would be really interesting. I would love VR yeah. in Great American Ballpark in that lineup. Uh, the Reds' offense underperformed last year. I believe in the Reds' offense. There's still a lot of great yes. hitters. And if he gets to be a part of that and – he could hit 20 plus home runs again in that park. And if he can allow to run that would his fantasy value would skyrocket. If he ends up signing with Cincinnati. Now this is just a hypothetical. We don't know anything. This is yeah. just a spot that's open right now because you know, prospects. And if you're telling me Jose Garcia, despite your love for him, he's not ready. Um, that's going to give me pause. Cause I was actually thinking about drafting him in some deep leagues and some uh, draft and hold like 50 round leagues later on. But if, if you say it, I respect people who know prospects more than I do. I don't know prospects as well as the people who cover them all the time. So. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for giving me clarity on that. Because last season, I got really excited when he came up and he we stole a few bases and showed a little bit of pop. And I got really excited. Yep. And then it kind of trailed off. Yep. I, I, I felt the same way. Like I was like so excited that he was finally up because I we had been talking about him for a, a while uh, but just watching his at-bats, I'm like, yeah, he needs a little bit more time. Shelly, do you think the Reds would be doing a disservice to him if he was up with the big club this year, opposed to him being in the minors and getting way more at-bats down there, especially if they do sign a VR or a DD? Uh, no, I think I think it would be a really a boat of confidence to Garcia himself just Okay, we we trust you. We couldn't find another deal with someone else. We're just going to put you here and you figure it out. I I think that would be a really big, you know, vote of confidence for him because I mean, honestly, they really don't have anyone else who can play shortstop. Um, Kyle Farmer. Uh, <laughs> we won't talk about Kyle Farmer around here because that's kind of a touchy subject. I'm just looking at my husband here. <laughs> oh boy. Sorry, Rudy. Sorry. Exactly. So, I mean, I guess Cal Farmer could play, but it's just like, yeah, I, at that point, you probably just want to go with the better talent there. Nick Senzel will never come back to shortstop, but we're confident in that, right? Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think that he he's coming back to the infield dirt, which makes me sad because I really do think that he would have been like a really good third baseman or second baseman, but it just didn't work out with how since he built their team, built their team. Okay. All right. Well, Hey, in the end, I trust uh, what the people who say they know 
and think about I, what am I saying? I trust you. That's it. End of story. All right. That was more than I thought we would spend on the red shortstop position, but that was fun. <laughs> How about the deal here with uh, Jameson Tyone? And really, let's just combine them both because it's all Pirates returns for Tyone and Musgrove. There's a bunch of prospects that came back to the Pirates from both sides from the Yankee deal and the Padres deal. Musgrove and Jameson Tyone, two solid starting pitchers are gone. I know, by the way, <clears throat> I know how much you love Joe Musgrove. And uh, <laughs> you must be excited that he's in San Diego, by the way. I am. I have him in a, a couple of my dynasty leagues. Um, and I always end up drafting him way too early in redraft leagues. He always burns me, but yet I still love him. Um, I... I I I understand what the Pirates are doing. I really do. Um, the Pirates are basically going like full rebuild. And Tyone and Musgrave are just not going to be around for when they're going to be competitive again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I understand why, they're, why they are taking so many gambles on like these young either bats or arms, you know, just trying to like – flood their system with a lot of talent and seeing, you know, what the cream rises, correct. The cream rises to the top, right? <laughs> right. Just kind of like, we're just going to just throw everything here and see what happens. So I understand what the pirates are doing. Um, I just, I'm glad I'm not a pirates fan because it's going to be, it's going to be a rough three, four, five years, unfortunately. Yeah. What do they have committed? After this year, the $3 million option on Gregory Polanco, that's like all there is on the books right now. It's stupid. It's yeah. its kind of a slap in the face to baseball. And oh, yeah. it seems like the Pirates already did this before. And now they're doing it again. Yeah. Uh, it's Yeah. Yeah. I Again, I am so sorry, Pirates fans. All right. We are all sorry, Pirates fans. Yeah. From the Hey, it's a Rico Palazzo Fantasy Podcast. Everybody here. We apologize. It's not our fault, but hey, that's how it goes. You know, the McCutcheon days, there was some fun. There were some wild card games, and it looked like there was a chance. And now all these great players have come and gone. Garrett Cole and McCutcheon and Polanco really never even panned out either. And, you know, it's a damn shame because I love Pittsburgh as a city, and I love their uniforms, and I love their stadium. Their field is beautiful. There's a lot to like there. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess – uh, Garrett Cole and uh, Jameson Tyone are now on a competitive team. So there you go. Just the wrong yeah. team. <laughs> Woohoo! Yay! Yeah. Oh. No, who cares? All right. Well, there it is. Uh, there's a little breakdown leading off, talking about some of the hot stove news from a fantasy perspective. We are joined by Shelly Verstrange. She's talking about prospects on this show. We're going to talk more about them. We will get there. I promise you. But first, as always, we have to do Enrico's Inquisition. It's time to switch it up a bit, have some fun, talk about things beyond baseball. Get to know Shelly beyond her incredibly passionate, you know, intense love affair with fantasy baseball. There's got to be other facets of you. Is that true or false? Uh, that's probably true. <laughs> All right. <laughs> there is yeah. a human being behind there. Yes. <laughs> Yay! Okay, well, this is what we do, and it's one of my favorite segments of the show. So let's hit it. <laughs> Bryce Harper or Lenny Dykstra? Bryce Harper. Oceans or lakes? Which do you prefer? Lakes. Oceans terrify me. Van Halen or Van Hagar? Oh, <laughs> Van Halen. Not Ooh. a contest. WW84, the movie, or Trevor Bauer? Trevor Bauer has more positive things going for him. 
He is a good pitcher. Oh, oh Nelly, get ready for some doozies. Because it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show, Enrico's Inquisition. <laughs> All right, there it is. Enrico's Inquisition, where we asked this or that scenarios. We do little silly things where we find out what people think about this or that. And sometimes we just ask questions. There's nothing wrong with asking a question. It's important to us that we be honest and open and fair. And we try to be respectful of our guests at the same time. But then again, we got to go deep. We got to try to dig a little deeper and see what we can come up with because it's important to us. So what do you say? You ready to rock, Shelly? I'm ready. Let's go. Woohoo! All right. Well, I got to tell you, you said you like metric. So I thought we'd play a little bit of metric in the background here because we'd like to please our guest. And also uh, David Bowie, you're a big David Bowie fan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 2020 has like really gotten me into maybe like some old school music stuff. So I've been jamming to David Bowie recently. So, Deary likes to hear that, don't you, Deary? My favorite. He's not kidding. Uh, if you know his wife too, huge David Bowie fan. Probably the biggest David Bowie fan I can think of off the top of my head. So, all right. How about this? I don't know. Uh, no, I'll come back to that one. I'm not ready for that one. Uh, let's start with a simpler one. Uh, fiction or nonfiction? Uh, nonfiction. Um, I, all of my books that I read are extremely, uh, I mean, I read biographies. I, like currently I'm reading a Jimmy Carter biography. So nonfiction. Okay. Jimmy Carter biography. I'm impressed. I like to hear that. Yeah. I'm a former history teacher myself, so oh, anybody nice. who's making the opportunity to kind of go back and see where we come from and how we got to where we are and things of that nature, I respect that immensely. Nice. Uh, Golden Girls or Sex in the City? Oh, Golden Girls, definitely. Yes. yes. Oh, my gosh. I, 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 I still just turn off that show. Like, uh, uh, Blanche and, oh, jeez. I love Blanche. Like, she's just awesome. <laughs> she <laughs> makes me. I love Blanche. Exactly. <laughs> Although I think a lot of people are partial to Rose. Um, yeah. Mm. I get it. I mean, Betty White is adorable, but uh, give, me, give me Blanche and her kind of out there. Uh, difference. You can't beat a promiscuous woman in her 60s, right? That no. is correct. No, you can't. She's, you are right about that. <laughs> All right. Now we're getting somewhere. Uh, Kurt Schilling or Josh Beckett? Uh, Josh Beckett. I'm just going to just leave it at that. Just Josh Beckett. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, mm-hmm. You can... Put any connotation on this you want, by the way. <laughs> I give you the the words, and you can put them in any situation you want. All right, yeah. Josh Beckett was great. He had a great run with the Marlins, and then when he became a Red Sox, he was good. We're 2007 yeah. World Series champs. Tables or chairs? Um, Chairs? Uh, I guess because you need chairs more often than you need a table. If you I had guess. a table, I guess you could stand in it. Yeah. But it might not be like, I don't know, the right height. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, yeah. I think I'd rather have, I don't, I, you know, there's, 
standing desks are becoming very popular now these days. You know, more people than ever standing at their desk. And I don't sit anymore. And sitting has become so, you know, 20th century. But I, I'm glad that you said chairs. I think they still have a place in this world. Yeah, I agree. They got to have a back to them, though. Uh, well, I didn't say that. I mean, you can give it a back if you want. Um, what do, I want? To, what does this mean? Uh, what does it mean to take the Megan Rapino approach to each draft? Um, that basically means um, I am just going to just do whatever the fuck I want. That is what that means. <laughs> Sorry for cursing. <laughs> no, oh, no, that's a free for all here. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna. Bears? Yeah, I'm gonna go get my guy. I don't. I don't care about ADP. Yes. All right. I didn't know that, but I'm definitely going to start borrowing that because I didn't know what it meant, but now I fucking do. Uh, boy, Brendan Rogers or Garrett Hampson? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Rockies! Rockies! It's the reaction everyone's had for like three years now. Ugh. Uh, yeah. Yeah, welcome uh, to hell, right? Exactly. Oh, shit. Uh, I guess... Brendan Rogers because I don't like Hampson at all. He's a tease. Oh, well, that hurts yeah. my feelings because I've been trying Sorry. to get into Hampson later on. Hopefully, I'm hoping to get value this year now that he's down at like 280, 80p ish. And but I could, it's wishful thinking. I know the Rockies and what they do. I know what you're up to, Colorado. You're messing with our minds. I get it. <laughs> I'm on to you. And uh, last year, people were excited about Hampson and then he pooped the bed. So. But it wasn't his fault. He kind of hit the ball when he got the chance. I don't. All right. I'm not going to focus on this. I'll move. <laughs> uh, Mondays or Sundays? Um, Sundays. Uh, Sundays because um, I'm usually baking on Sundays. So definitely Sundays. And that leads to my next one. Baking or baseball? That's tough. Yeah. Baking. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> it's definitely Thank you for answering at least. Yeah, it it's it's definitely bacon. I haven't done it for a couple of weeks and my husband's quite upset about it, but definitely bacon. It's bacon. Well, his waistline will thank him. So. Exactly. <laughs> Time to start a baking podcast. Yeah. We should well, live stream some of your uh your bake offs you're doing. I hear you have a you know, your intro that Doug Ishikawa gave you on the panel says that you have one of the most outstanding baking Instagrams around. Yes, like it definitely like that's what my Instagram is is well usually it's my baking stuff here. I might post like a little, you know, a Frenchy photo there here and mm -hmm. there, but definitely check out my Instagram for all my baking stuff. Um, woo! Woo! Yeah. <laughs> wow. I commend you for being honest and taking a stand people you know they can be so waffly and it's not easy to do what you just did so i respect you for that uh, monkeys or sea urchins sea urchins because i don't think that they would attack me or throw things at me so <laughs> give me a sea urchin you wouldn't throw poop at you i know that no, no. Poop throwing. Yeah. uh are carrots a fruit no i don't no i, no, I okay. don't think that they're fruit. No. Okay. <laughs> Marcus really wanted to know if it was or not. Yeah. I, I, he I doesn't know the answer. I don't know the answer. I don't think anyone does. Yeah, who does? 
Well, how about this? Well, I, I, walking or baking? Is it still baking? Oh boy. Um, it was baking pre uh, quarantine, <laughs> and now it is walking because I walk all the time because I can't do anything else. So. <laughs> and you got your dogs. Exactly. I got my dogs. I got my podcast. I could walk. I can look at something that's not in my house. So walking currently. <laughs> Both of them named after baseball players, correct? Soto and Orsillo? Orsillo. Yep. Yep. After Don Orsillo and uh, Juan Soto, of course. So There it is. What? Uh, okay, we did that one. Uh, the green machine or a brand new car? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yes. That tweet. Oh. Uh, Sentimental value, but a, a brand new car, anything you wanted. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'd go brand new car, but Green Machine was a beast, man. Like, he went, that car went over 400,000 miles, and I got that sucker for free when I was in high school, and it lasted me like four or five years after that. So just. It was a Pontiac? Uh, Oldsmobile. Oh, Oldsmobile, okay. I couldn't yeah. tell from the picture exactly. Yeah, but that. that that sucker, while it didn't have, you know, heat or AC at some point, <laughs> it went 400,000 miles. I didn't have to pay for anything. So yeah. God bless that car. Yeah, oh, I, I can't believe that thing went 400,000. An Oldsmobile can go 400. That's impressive. That's yeah. surprising. I'm also surprised. Yeah. Uh, we always ask this, uh, sliders or curveballs? Curveballs. Give me a 12 to 6 sandwich. Whoop. Every single time, yes. That's just what Ryan Bloomfield just said. Interesting. Back to back, curveball lovers. Uh, sourdough bread or a pie? Ooh, pie. Definitely pie. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I had pie at my wedding. I didn't have wedding cake. I had wedding <laughs> pie. So definitely nice. pie. That's so cool. Wedding pie. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, and then finally, we always ask this for love or money. Uh, I guess I go for love. I guess. Yeah. Because, yeah I guess because my, my husband is here, I'll go for love. <laughs> <laughs> in the room here. <laughs> okay. That's fine. Well done. We pass with flying colors. Another Enrico's Inquisition in the books. Shelly has survived. Well done. We love doing that here on the Hey, It's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We are live streaming the show. So if anybody's watching, they want to ask real-time questions, we will pop them into the show or any comments that come up to mind. And if you are listening in podcast form, Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. Utah, give me two. On Twitter and Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Now. We get to switch gears. We get to get in the fantasy breakdown. We're going to talk about prospects. It's going to be a lot of fun. Who doesn't love prospects? The shiny new toys. I mean, this is what it's all about. This is why people love fantasy baseball, because it's the eternal hope. Prospects represent that hope, a brand new opportunity, a chance to start over, and someday someone will turn into something greater than themselves. And that's why people love prospects. There's something I'm pushing now. I pushed this on an episode a couple of days ago that friends of mine in this thread came up with our fantasy baseball thread. 
It's called Turn Into Guy. This is a guy who says that everyone's going to turn into somebody. You know, he's always waiting or the person that is playing fantasy baseball, turn into person. They're like, ah, you just wait. This person's going to turn into Ronald Acuna, or this person's going to turn into Juan Soto or Fernando Tatis. You just wait. Uh, I'm sure you have a lot of experience with that type of person, don't you? Oh, yes. Um, uh, I have, yes. And many a time I am wrong. So, yes. Oh, well, I mean, in playing Dynasty, you probably take advantage of people like that. You should be taking advantage of people like that because you can win Dynasty now. You don't have to wait. Dynasty involves a large swath of players, but it doesn't mean you have to wait years to win a championship. Exactly. Like, that's why, honestly, I think that's why people should play Dynasty baseball because it's so different because, I mean, you have people who are, you know, um, kind of going like with the pirates like we were talking about before like a couple years down the road like they're trying to rebuild but then you have people who are trying to competing versus the people who are trying to keep in the middle there and it's just it's it's so so much fun so much fun <laughs> well uh i made a song <laughs> recently and uh we, we got a lot of positive feedback on the song from everybody online it's a song about prospects and it's a Huey Lewis takeoff, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with it. I thought it was pretty funny. It's called The Power of Prospects, and it's about this exact theme. Listen in. The power of prospects is a curious thing. Make a person trade everything for a king. Wander Franco is your one true love. For a prospect, you'll trade all the All right, there it is. Yeah, <laughs> love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. Coming from you, that means a lot. I, I really appreciate it. <laughs> Mike, when COVID is over and bars reopen, I want you to get the band back together, and I want you to play all the little ditties that you're creating over these next few months, <laughs> and you're going to play them. I will be front row, waving my pom poms. Oh, that would be so much fun to play live music again, man. We are, we're all missing out. It's been, it's been tough. I, I also did a, a meatloaf cover that I did for another episode, but uh, that one, I wasn't as happy as that as that one. I think the power of prospects, it sums everything up so well. We all will we'll sell the farm. We'll, we'll get that one guy we want that we think will lead us to the promised land. And people are always ready to dive in on a new shiny toy. It's, mm-hmm. it's a timeless thing in fantasy baseball. Am I wrong? It, it, you are not wrong. Like it's, it's totally true. <laughs> all right. So let's take a look redraft wise focusing first year to year brand new i want to know prospects that can make a difference in 2021 and then we'll talk about dynasty leagues and prospects that we could look forward to down the road so focusing on redraft leagues is give me some names let's start with somebody that you think is is there really one player in particular above all the prospects even the ones that had a tiny cup of coffee last year that were still calling prospects still in rookie status mode that you think can make a big contribution or at least get a lot of playing time at the very bare minimum in 2021? Um, well, I'm not going to, uh, you know, kind of 
cheat here and say Randy Rosarena, who's technically still a prospect. I'm not going to cheat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Exactly. Um, I go, um, uh, maybe Alex Kirloff, uh, because I do think, at least currently, with how like the twins are kind of not doing really much of anything other than, uh, you know, you know, signing uh, um, Andrew and Simmons or something like that. Um, I do think that he'll get everyday ABs right now. And Austin I th- Cruz is still unsigned. Exactly. Because I mean, gosh, darn it. The league can't decide if they want a DH or not. I can't <laughs> believe it. We're almost into February and we don't know the rules of the game, but anyway, I'm not going to get on that. Um, I, I do think that he definitely will have um, plenty of playing time, and I do believe in that bet. Um, so I do think that he would be a really, 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 really good um, uh, guy to take, maybe later in your Rejeff leagues, just because we still don't know about things yet. Um, but I really do think that he could be um, a big uh, contributor um, in Rejeff leagues. Interesting. He came up for the playoffs last year, which was interesting that they were willing to give him the opportunity to do that. Yeah, it was like so weird. Like he got his his major league debut in the playoffs, which was just really interesting and just made me kind of like rethink about maybe what the uh, what they actually think about their major league team at the time that they would give him a chance in the playoffs for his debut. So I, I do think that the, I think I do think the twins really like him to give him that chance. So pretty good lineup for him to be in as well. I mean, if especially a guy who batted really, really well average wise through the minors. So I, I think I'd be on board with you on that Shelly. I think is 500 at bats doable for him. Uh, yeah, I definitely think so. Um, if Nelson Cruz does resign, I might rethink that. But I, I, I do think there is a chance. Uh, definitely, I would give it maybe like a eighty percent chance that he'd get five hundred bats. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> wow, that would be cool. He, you know, he's a power guy first and foremost, right? Or is it the hit tool and the power basically similar? Uh, I would say more power than hit tool. Um. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just wherever he hits, he's just going to be, he's just really going to produce. Well, he's 23 years old and he's given the opportunity as a lefty bats left throws left. I would very much like to see how he plays out in that lineup, which can be studly. It can be very intense, a lot of power, a lot of run scored, a lot of chance for offense in that lineup when they're all healthy and the central stinks, you know, our <laughs> tigers are awful and we, we're Detroit people, obviously, so our Tigers are trash, and we're still pissed off about the Red Sox beating us in 2013 ALCS. Uh, God, that was so long ago now. Do they still talk about that police officer who caught Tory Hunter when he fell over after the Grand Slam? Um, I have a bobblehead that has uh, Tory Hunter with uh, the cop. So, yeah, I'm a Red Sox I'm so sorry, you guys. No, you are a Red Sox That's why I'm asking you. you know, we got to take it. We got to take our medicine. Joaquin Benoit comes in. And he serves it up, and that changed the series. That was it. Yeah, yeah. So thank you. No, I'm, sure. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, hey, you know, the only thing that stinks about it is the Red Sox, you know, they've had four titles, and we've had zero in the last 
35 plus years. So, you know, we just wanted one. And after that game one, remember, Deary, we watched Annabelle Sanchez at Penn State. We were at. That's right. We were in Happy Valley. We were at Happy Valley uh, watching Michigan football against Penn State. We went down there for a road trip and Michigan lost in overtime and it stunk. And then we went to this bar on campus and we watched game one of the ALCS and Annabelle Sanchez was ridiculous. He was like, and he had like 12 K's or something. He was just mowing down hitters and it was a really dominant performance, but that was not, that didn't set the tone. Game ones don't mean anything. That's something I learned from that. So. Sorry. Anyways, I don't why am I talking <laughs> about this. This is all negative for us. This is depressing. Ah, okay, back to back to prospects. That's fun. Yeah, prospects, hope, opportunity, chance for a new beginning. Uh, Mackenzie Gore, will he be up by May? Um, yes. Yes. If if it's a full one sixty two, you know we don't know, but yeah, if it's if it is. I don't think that he's going to be up by May just with everything that San Diego has done, especially with the pitching. I don't think that he's going to be up. Um, I mean, I've heard, I heard like last year that his uh, velocity was down at the alternate site. Um, and that's kind of why he didn't get brought up last year. Um, so that's a little bit scary, but honestly, what I'm more scared of for this year is the depth that San Diego has, and I don't think that we'll see him until maybe halfway through the season. And your boss, uh, Nick Pollock, right? He does not believe in Mackenzie Gore from what I hear, which is, you know, Nick knows pitching pretty well. So that's also a caveat that I think is worth mentioning at least. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I will agree to that. Um, but I also, <laughs> he only saw one inning and Mackenzie Gore has the strangest mechanics. So I totally understand why you'd be like, what the hell? What is oh, that? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, All right. But, See, I didn't know that part of it. That's why I asked you that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I still believe in Mackenzie Gore, but he is a very interesting looking pitcher. Is it going to take, take an injury in that starting lineup? in terms of their pitching staff for him to crack that pitching staff, you talked about their depth. I mean, if he gets brought up, is he just a long relief guy and a bullpen guy to where you're not really going to get much fantasy value from him? What do you think, Shelly? Yeah, I definitely think it's going to take an injury or two. I mean, because I, they do have Adrian Morihon who I do think they would, unless it's like a long-term injury to a pitcher, I do that. They, I do think that Morihon would get the chance before Gore, just because they need to see a little bit more from him. Um, but yeah, I, I, if they do bring him up, I do think it's going to be in a starting wall. I don't think they're going to do like a long man situation. Yeah, you know, by the way, what you said there, dear, you know, relievers, they could be very fantasy relevant depending on how long the season is. And with the short season we had last year, you know, I don't know if you guys heard, but there was a short season last year. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. This is the warning we play every time somebody mentions a short season because it's just become so tired. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. You know, okay. Mike, that, that is a great point, Mike. Uh, and last year was probably the first year where I started kind of going after those seventh and eighth inning guys, depending on what league I was playing in. But my caper nine leagues, like I was gearing up for those guys after my top two starters because a guy like a Nick a Nick Anderson was so valuable for me. So depending on what league you play in, those guys can be valuable for sure. 
Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good point. League dependency always matters. We're talking with Shelly Verstraight here. Uh, hey, it's a Rican Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We're talking prospects for redraft purposes right now in the moment. Mackenzie Gore, we'll see. Eh, you know, there's a lot of pitchers they've been picking up, making moves. Joe Musgrove's going to have a tremendous 2021. Me and Shelly are very excited for that. I am curious about Jared Kalenic. Everybody talks about Kalenic, and there's a lot of excitement. 2021 redraft leagues. He's going every league I'm in. I've done three or four drafts already, and he's been drafted around, you know, early 200s, mid 200s at the latest, sometimes earlier. Is this realistic? Jared Kalenic in 2021? Or do we need more seasoning or an injury to happen? Because they got a lot of players, too. They've loaded up with, you know, you got Crawford and more, and some of these guys are multiple roles, shed long. They could be utility guys in a lot of different places, so... Um, I, I would be drafting Jerry Kalenic in your later, in the later rounds of a redraft league. Cause I really do think that we see him this year. While I don't think that the Mariners are really going to go somewhere. He is ready. Like I, I, I saw so many home runs that he hit at the alternate site last year. And I am just, just, he is, he is ready. It's a beautiful um, swing. Oh my gosh, it is a beautiful swing. Um, I and I can't wait to see it in the major leagues. But it's just that Seattle's not really competing, so they probably don't want to bring it up too bring him up too fast to start the the stupid, you know, clock thing. Blah blah blah. TikTok. Exactly. But I do think that we do see him this year, and I do think that he's gonna be just oh just a you know, hashtag dude. He's going to be a dude, and I. Is he going to turn into a guy? Yeah, yeah, I, I am, I am stoked, and I feel bad for for Mets fans that they have to deal with watching him with that trade that didn't necessarily go too 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 well. But uh, yeah, he's he's going to be he's going to be a dude, and we'll be talking about him, you know, next year in redraft leagues quite highly. So. Yeah, I mean, the cupboard is packed for the Mariners. Julio Rodriguez and, you know, Evan White came up already. And you got Justice Sheffield who's come up. Kyle Lewis won Rookie of the Year. And there's more players beyond that. I mean, they Jake Fraley's a guy I really like. And, you know, that's what I'm saying. They have a Braden Bishop's another guy. I like, look at all these outfielders they have. You know yeah, what I mean? This will be the last year with Hanniger because he's only got one year left. And he's he's to a one-year contract. And, you know, that really hasn't turned out to what it was a few years ago. So, uh, you know, you talked about Rodriguez and a couple of the other guys. So the future is really bright in that outfield. And I'm sure Shelly's very aware of it. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm so excited to see uh, Seattle because they have, like, a really, really, really interesting um, first – farm system and i i just really just want to see the americans in the playoffs omg (laughs) i would yeah i would love to see that and then look there's also jose marmalejos he's good too i like him so look at all these options right now in the outfield that's my only concern about this kalenic 2021 impact you know what i mean yeah but he's just so much better than those guys i just yeah. He's just going to swing his way in. Like maybe like a Juan Soto. It's like, Hey, I'm here. I'm coming in and you're just not going to stop me. Yeah. I, I really do think so. Like okay. just, just seeing his at bats last year, seeing some interviews that he has done and he's just like, just, yeah, I think he's going to be a dude. Okay. 
that is what I, I don't know. Sometimes I want to push a little bit more, go deeper, and really get your final thoughts on this because <sighs> Seattle is loaded. They, I mean, they're not going places right away, but they're going places very, very soon. In a couple of years from now, they're going to be like the White Sox who are ascending now and you know, like the Astros who ascended in 2015. They'll, they'll be doing that. And maybe our Tigers will too. You know, who knows? Who knows? Um, Kristen Pesh is another guy you like. I do. Um, and I, I do think that he's going to get every day at bats for the Braves this year. Um, but I don't know. Maybe like my real life prospect love <laughs> gets a little bit ahead of, like I've been thinking about this because I'm working on my top 500 uh, dynasty list uh, for the dynasty guru. Um, I've been working on it for the last couple weeks here, just trying to finalize things. And I just keep pushing him down. Unfortunately, I love his talent. I think that he's going to be an amazing outfitter, like kind of like uh, JBJ was for the Red Sox. Oh. Um, I just don't know how well the that's going to play. So I don't know how that's going to do for fantasy. So I keep bringing him down and it makes me sad because he is just going to be so much fun to watch from like the real life game. He's going to be so much fun to watch. I just don't know where it's going to be fantasy wise. And I have been kind of coming down a little bit, which makes me sad. Well, this is actually an opportunity where he could play because there's not nearly the glut that the Mariners have, in my opinion. Yeah. And I mean, roster resource, you know, they don't know right now. They don't have that much more of an idea than we do. They're spitballing and eyeballing it as best as they can. Cause nobody's at spring training yet. And we're not getting detailed information on lineup construction, but they haven't penciled in as the center fielder right now on fan So yeah, de- yeah, defensively, he's top notch, and you have a chance to move Acuna to one of the corners. And the one thing they talk about, Shale, I don't know if you've heard about this as well, is he's such an amazing defender, and his speed is amazing out there, but it hasn't been able to translate into like a 25 30 stolen base type guy. They're kind of projecting him more of like 10 to 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he is like really, really fast. He just, he is not the best base awareness based stealer um, because he does get, he does get caught a lot in the minor leagues. Like if you go to his fan page and look at the stolen bases versus caught stealings, that, that number is very similar and that's definitely not what you want to see. Um, so I just don't think that he's necessarily gotten the feel for when to run yet. I'm hoping that it gets there because he does have the speed. He just doesn't have, the uh he hasn't quite figured out when to actually run on a pitcher yet uh i just want to jump in here real quick uh we're doing the show right now apparently uh steven matz is going to the blue jays that's right blue jays still making deals yeah that just popped over my phone i wanted to let you get to it mike before i uh, cut you off yeah uh for three prospects that we don't have knowledge of yet um I would like to know what they are because then we could ask Shelly about them, which would be wonderful. But uh, I guess maybe this opens up more opportunity for Joey Lucchese too, possibly, even though I don't see him as much more than a fifth or starter. Um, yeah. Um, I just kind of thought Stephen Matz and Joey Lucchese was kind of like the Spider-Man gift or the picture. <laughs> they were each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, okay. It's interesting. I guess it's adding another – 
major league pitcher to the to the Blue Jays. So okay, sure. I mean, yeah. Stephen Matz in the AL East. Uh, I don't think I'm interested in that. <laughs> no, no, I am not. <laughs> That'll be what their third left-handed arm and their starting pitching. Oh yeah, you got, you got Ryu, you got Robbie Ray. That's yeah. true. That's true. Uh, I wonder. It can't be. I mean, the prospects must be small time. I don't think it would be anything major. Steven Matz is kind of yeah. jumped the shark. So I don't know. Interesting trade just uh, kind of came up while we're doing the show here. Uh, we're talking with Shelly Vera straight about prospects who can make an impact in 2021. We've talked Gore, Kirilov, Kalenic, Christian Pash, um, Spencer Howard. Yeah. He's a guy I really like a lot. And I think, uh, I think people are sleeping on him a bit. And I'm not sure why. Maybe it's because of the way 2020 went with – the fact that, you know, he didn't get the opportunities that he should have. And, you know, I, I, I know it was a short season. I know it was a short season and it's not fair to him necessarily, but Spencer Howard's got all the tools, I think. And if he can bring the command together, I love him on this Phillies team, which I actually think will make the playoffs this year, depending on the format of other caveats. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I am definitely a, um, uh, a Spencer Howard fan. Um, it's kind of interesting because I'm not a big fan of really any Phillies prospects. I don't like their development system. I always poo-poo on Phillies prospects. Mickey uh, Moniak? Come on, you don't love him? Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> the worst number one picks is not a good number one pick at all. He's a bust. So. Yeah, it, it, it makes me sad because Mickey Moniak is actually like a really awesome dude and like really fun. And it makes me sad that he's like the number one. Pro- anyway, I'm not going to that. Him. It's not fair to him. You're right. No, exactly. Um, but um, I was watching MILB TV it, between uh, the 2019 and 2020 season and just watching Spencer Howard, just trying to get like a feel for him. And I fell in love. This dude, just that change up, that fastball combination. It's just both of them. They just work so great. And he was just, just on fire in 2019. Unfortunately in 2020, uh, uh, 2020, uh, he had like some injuries in spring and then he dealt with some injuries in the season. So when we saw him in the majors, I, I just don't think that he was healthy. Um, and if he could stay healthy, I do think that he could be a like a really, really solid number two, number three type of starter. Um, it's just the injuries that really scare me a bit because he dealt with injuries um, like a couple seasons ago. And he's, yeah. So I, I'm hoping that he can stay healthy. Um, I'm still a fan because I, I, what I saw in 2019, I just fell in love. So hope he can stay healthy. I'm rooting for him. Absolutely. And also our former GM president of baseball operations, dearie, our old buddy, Dave Dombrowski is in Philly now. So dealer Dave, Uh, (laughs) we we know what to expect. Oh, you did. Yeah. Look at that. We have that. We We shared Dave Dombrowski, (laughs) didn't we Shelly? There's a big difference though. What do you mean? Oh, because he won a World Series for them? Yes. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right. Let's, I don't know why we always have him coming back to this. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we all know Dealer Dave here. He's going to trade all the prospects to win you a World Series. And that's fine, you know, except for Detroit. But everybody else he does that for. Um, <laughs> so Spencer Howard, beware. I don't know. Maybe he'll be on the move. Alec Bohm, beware. I don't, I don't know if I'd trade him, but uh, he'll trade anybody. And I wouldn't put it past him. 
Uh, anybody else? Anybody else redraft wise? Any prospect that could actually get at bats or get innings and be a contributor in 2021? Um, I don't think so. I would love to see uh, Spencer Torkelson. You, Tiger oh. said, oh, I, oh I know. I, I don't Dude, know if it's. Soon. I don't know if it's going to happen, but OMG, I do think that he could definitely um, hold his own, and I cannot wait to see him. You, you guys are just going to love him. He, oh, he's so good. That's what Michael Richards said on the show uh, a couple of days ago. So, must be some truth to that. He was just praising him nonstop, and he said that he could actually come up this year. You wouldn't be surprised to see him. He didn't say what the impact would be, but he wouldn't be surprised if he actually came up in 2021. So, yeah. I mean, he said he was the best hitter, the best hitting prospect in like decades, he even said. Now, that's what he said, but I don't know if that's the case or not. But yeah, I mean, he, there, I have no doubt that he is going to have, um, that he is going to be able to hit at the major league level and going to, we're going to be drafting him in like the second or third round of drafts, like going forward. Like I am. Yeah. What about Wander Franco though? You didn't mention him as a 2021 impact player or at least uh, getting at bats. <laughs> I guess maybe he'll get at bats. I don't know. Like the Rays. Okay. The Rays give me like semi Colorado vibes where I just don't want to deal with Ray's prospects because, because they always tinker. They never give really players at bats. And I just don't want to deal with what the Rays do. I don't draft Rays. I'm just, yeah. I mean, I draft Rays. Wow. No, I, I, I don't because I don't like the headache of are they going to platoon this guy? I just don't want the headache. I I love how it works real baseball. I just don't want to deal with it. <laughs> good, good baseball team, bad fantasy options. Yes. Like yeah. So odd. Well, I mean Randy Rosarina is being drafted like he's the king of kings. So 5780p on him. That's just nuts to me. I love him. <laughs> I love him. I really do. But I loved him when he was 240 ADP coming into last year or lower than that. Uh, no, thanks. No, thanks. Wander Franco's being drafted 321 right now on average. So hmm. that's still a lot higher than these following players. The starter in Tampa, Willie Adamas, former <laughs> Tiger. Uh, Nick Ahmed, Louis Urias, who plays in Milwaukee, good player. Miguel Rojas, who plays in Miami every day, supposedly. Um, J.P. Crawford in Seattle. Nico Horner, who I really like in Chicago, at 442. You can draft Wander Franco at 321 and hope that he plays. Or you could get a guy like Nico Horner at 442, who will play because the Cubs have moved out some players and there's going to be more opportunity. I I just think it's uh, too risky for redraft purposes. I, I I totally agree. I mean, give me give me Nico Horner, give me Willie Adamas because I do like Willie Adamas. I, I do too. Dude. I think he's on the brink. Exactly. So give me those guys over someone who I have no idea when is going to come up at all. And that's directly going to impact Wander Franco, Willie Adamas's uh, progression and growth too. So and I know they're not gonna they're not gonna dump on Franco for him specifically if he blows them away in the minor leagues, but. 
that is a part of the story. Yeah. And it's like, uh, I don't know when I'm doing like a redraft league or something like I want production now versus spending a higher draft pick on a total wild card. And I have no idea. And I have to put him on my bench and just have him sit there forever. Give me someone who is actually doing something right now. Agreed. All right, let's talk about the dynasty angle here. Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. If you have any emails or questions, what you hear today with Shelly Verastrate. She's talking about prospects. We're talking dynasty level now. That's deeper. Uh, you know, my dynasty league, we, we have 45 players that we keep, and then we have the first-year player draft and yada, yada, yada. That's pretty standard, right? Yeah. Okay, good. So for dynasty purposes, you already mentioned Spencer Torkelson, but he clearly is somebody that you should be targeting if you can get the number one pick because he'd probably be the number one pick in all FYPDs for this 2021 dynasty season. Uh, Yeah, yeah. He's definitely the number one pick. That's easy. So that's, yeah. If you want them, then you know what you have to pay to get them. Uh, Julio Rodriguez, though, of the Mariners, we were talking briefly about them. Very, very outstanding player. He's a little bit behind Kalenic yet in his development, but that doesn't mean he couldn't be just as good or better than Kalenic, possibly. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I actually, I think Kalenic is probably going to be better um, okay. from a fantasy standpoint because I do think Kalenic will add more stolen bases um, and have a better average than Julio Rodriguez. Uh, but there is a chance that Julio could put up like a 40, 45 plus home run season and just go bonkers, but he's really not going to steal bases. So I do think that Kalenic is the better fantasy long-term bet. Interesting. And then Adley Rushman is the number one catcher. You like him. You're a fan. Yeah, I, 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 I really do. Um, I, I mean, I think that I hate to put like a Buster Posey tag on him because putting a Buster Posey tag on anybody, any catcher is just a huge thing. But I just do think that he's just going to be just a, just a really, really good producer. And at the catcher position, if you could just lock up that position and just not have to think about it with a legit dude, I, I love it. I just love it. You know, uh, I have one main dynasty that I'm involved in, the Dynasty Days of Summer. Shout out to everybody who was a part of the Dynasty Days of Summer Dynasty League. It's run by Gator Sosa on Twitter. Jake. Hey, Jake. Gator Sosa on Twitter. Follow him. Um, I have a bunch of catchers, and Rushman's one of them. But I also have Alejandro Kirk and Joey Bart. What what do you make of the three? I mean, Rushman's the elite guy. I think you make that clear. But what about Bart and Kirk? How do you see them? Yeah, Bart. I I, I still don't know what I feel about him because, I mean, we saw him come up last year and he looked totally overmatched, which I, I expected because he only spent like a month, month and a half at double A. Um, and I did... Um, I was I'm lucky to have the 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 Giants double A affiliate near me, like oh. about, about like 15 minutes away from me. Um, so I've caught a lot of like the uh, Joey Bards, the Elliot Ramos, like so I, I caught a lot of them when they came up to double A. And when I watch Joey Bart, I'm just like, yeah, I, I get it. He's I, I get from the defensive standpoint. 
I just, he is a little bit, um, I don't know. I, the strikeouts are going to be an issue with him. And we saw that in the major leagues. So he does need more time. And he does have a lot of power. He really does. It's just hitting in San Fran with a power. I, I just don't know how much power he's actually going to show. And he's going to have strikeout issues. I just think he's going to be just kind of like a middle-of-the-road catcher um, going forward. Um, but definitely give me Kirk over him. And it makes me really – I can't believe I'm saying this to give me Alejandro Kirk over him. But Kirk is like, so much fun. And he he can just absolutely hit the ball and doesn't strike out. Gives you great OBP. Just give me Kirk over Bart. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I just said that. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Joey Bart not going to turn into a guy, huh? Or he might not. Yeah, I just think he's going to be okay. And I mean, the the um the 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 Giants just, you know, they just drafted a catcher who is a who probably is going to move pretty fast and is a better defensive and offensive catcher. So I do think that Bart might move over to first if we're being honest. So, uh, right. yeah, yeah. That's, that's good to know. I'd rather know the truth. What about, uh, Alex Jackson of the Braves? Does he have any fantasy potential or is he? Yeah, yeah. no, no, I don't, I, I don't think he does. I, out of the Braves, for dynasty. Yeah. Now I just, I do think that, uh, Wilson Contreras, no, Willem Contreras, Wilson oh, Contreras' yeah. brother, I do think, is the catcher of the future for the Braves. So I would kind of target him. Okay. That makes more sense then. I uh, find it fascinating. I mean, in Dynasty, you can go really deep. And we're going to go fairly deep. We can't go as deep as we maybe should. But it, when it comes to the J2 hopefuls, you know, international free agents, is there anybody who's going to make an impact in the next couple of years or are, when you talk about new signees for this season, they're all many years away. Yeah. Um, I will be honest. Um, I've kind of checked out <laughs> with the J2 <laughs> signings this year. Um, oh, that's okay. We appreciate your honesty. Yeah. Um, I've uh, just haven't really been into it. So I, I, I really don't know a lot about the J2 guys that has signed this year. So, but yeah, Either way, they're going to be a long ways away. Um, I know that the Red Sox signed an outfielder who's 16 years old, uh, who, you know, is like really interesting. But again, he's 16 years old. So 16. I remember when Xander Bogarts was 16. Man, things fly. Things change so quickly. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. We are Tigers fans, as we've discovered on this podcast a few times. And we've unfortunately, you know, the Red Sox always seem to beat us. But. We have a lot of guys that are very exciting. We mentioned yeah. Spencer Torkelson. I'd like to get your opinion on the guys that are on the brink here with Tarek Skubal, Casey Mize in particular. Um, Matt Manning seems to get left in the dust all of a sudden just because he didn't get called up last year and Mize and Skubal did. I wonder which of the three do you think will be the best? Uh, and just any of your thoughts on those three pitchers. 100% Matt Manning. Um, I... I remember going into last year that I had the the three pitchers ranked Matt Manning, Tariq Skubal, dot, 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 Casey Mize. Um, and it's not because I really 
dislike Casey Mize. I just think that the other guys have a higher ceiling, especially when it comes to Matt Manning. Um, he really, really improved when he pitched in double uh, A. Mm. Um, I, I, I just think that he's the more complete pitcher where he has the fastball, he has the changeup. Everything is becoming like a really, really good pitcher. When it comes to uh, Scoobal, he is very uh, fastball heavy. He's a really, really overwhelming fastball. But he needs to work on the secondaries a bit. But if he does, I do think that he could be, like, really, really good, too. Um, and then when it comes to Casey Mize, uh, I mean, he has the the, the splitter, right? Yeah. And that could be a little wonky. And also, he does have injury issues. He, had, he struggled with injuries in college. He struggled with injuries um, in the minor leagues. So that's why he, I have him third. That's a problem. What do you think of that, Deary? Well, I mean, I can't remember who we had on not too long ago. It might have been Chris Towers that was on, and he was talking about guys that have splitters and the possible injury-prone injury of guys that have splitters. And what was that Towers, Mike? Do you remember? Well, yeah, he was probably also referencing, again, Shelly's boss, Nick Pollock, who does not like splitter pitchers, right? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's what it came from. Uh, Manning's my guy as well. I mean, six foot six. In 2019, he got 133 innings. So, like, he really had some time to work on his secondary pitches and ended up with a 2.56 ERA, and his walks per nine was pretty nice. So he's – he's I would probably agree with Shelly that he's kind of the one that is kind of the gem in, in the trio, but he's going to be the last one that we're going to see. Boy, Matt Manning. I am excited about Matt Manning. That's the one I really wanted to see of the three. Mm-hmm. So that'll be exciting. He's going to come up in 2021 and pitch, right? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, he, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, and believe me, like I will be tuning into the his first start. Yes, that's going to be. You know, when Mize and Scooble debuted back to back of all things in Chicago, tough place to start too, by the way. But uh, that was appointment television, you know, for a team that has not always been fun to watch lately. That was exciting. That's what you look forward to. And I remember when Steven Strasburg debuted, that was a huge debut. And yeah. he obviously lived up to the hype <laughs> that day, too. But yeah, was it was 12, 13 Ks. Yeah, it was amazing. And then he tore his elbow. But whatever. I mean, it was still a fun night. And, you know, you're not always going to have a night like that. You can still have a great career. So I don't put a lot of stock in the opening night. But I do love the excitement and the passion of having a new player come up. And that's what you look forward to when your team stinks. You do like Grayson Rodriguez of the Orioles, who I like too. And I want to hear why you're a fan of him because I, I'm buying into what he has to offer. And uh, I don't hear much talk about him. I'm sure in deep dynasty circles, people talk about him, but I just don't hear about him very much right now in the surface chatter of fantasy baseball. Uh, yeah, but uh, you will hear about him soon. Uh, I honestly think that uh, Baltimore has a legit ace going here. Um, I'm trying to fill up his age right now. Uh, 21. 21, yeah. So 21, uh, he has always been young for his level, and he has progressively increased his strikeouts, decreased his walks, added pitches as well and he is just a legit dude like if you watch him just watch video on him and i know that maybe a, not a lot of people like to watch video of prospects 
Um, but it really, really does help with understanding and either falling in love or falling out of love with prospects. But this guy, man, he, he his delivery is so free and easy and he can get up into the upper 90s so easily. And it's just so it's it's beautiful. And I am so excited for Orioles fans because they really do deserve it with how long it's been since they've been a legit thing. Um, and well, it's the I, same timeline as the Tigers. We, there's a lot in, in common between the Orioles and the Tigers. They both fell apart at the same yeah. time, and now they've rebranded since. Yeah. And, yeah, we faced each other in 2014 playoffs. Yeah, and that was that was the end for both. Shelly, with, with Rodriguez, do you see him in 2022, or is it going to be 2023 till we see him? Um, I think it could be later 2022, um, but I guess if you want to play it safe, it's going to be 2023. Um, because, I mean, he, he only spent – he only got it to high A last year, so he must probably spend some time in, like, double A this year. So, yeah. But, oh, he's going to be so much fun. So much fun. Wow. Two guys that you didn't mention, going back to our redraft talk, Dylan Carlson and Andrew Vaughn. Are we going to see an impact from them in 2021, or do you have doubts about that? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I think that we'll uh, see both of them up. Um, I, I think that... Vaughn has the better outlook going forward. Um, but I think Carlson has the better 2021 um, impact because I do think that he'll have everyday ABs. Um, but I, I, I still like Vaughn because he has, I honestly think that Vaughn has the better hit tool and maybe the same, a little bit better power. Um, Carson, Carlson, I do think maybe has a little bit more stolen base opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, but give me Andrew Vaughn because give me the guy who has the better hit tool. Yeah. Andrew Vaughn. There's a lot of talk. He'll uh, make his debut in 2021 and be a part of that white Sox lineup, which is stupid good. So that would only improve the lineup and he'll probably be able to flourish at least from a, uh, run production standpoint. But then again, you know, people falter and then they got to go back down, but, that doesn't seem to be the case with what we're hearing about him. However, you never know. One guy we haven't talked about, and he's fallen off the face of the earth, in my opinion. Forrest Whitley. <laughs> what do we do with Forrest Whitley at this point? I have no idea. I, I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's the correct answer. No one has yeah. any idea what to do with this guy. No. Yeah, he just, uh he was he was looking like going to be like the next great pitcher. And then, um, unfortunately, he got popped for, um, uh, I think, like an Adderall thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then got hurt. And then just couldn't really throw strikes. And it was just, he was, I was like watching him on MILB TV. It was just like the ball was going like all over the place. Um, and then he came back um, and was at the ACL. And he looks like. Forrest Whitley, you know, he looked like the dude um, that we had seen prior. And then in spring this year, his velocity was down. And I I just, I, I don't know what to do with him. I, I'm just glad that I don't have him on a dynasty league team. That's all I got to (laughs) say. Just because I have no idea. Yeah. Forrest Whitley 
a lot of excitement about him. And now we're like off the rails and we don't know where we are with him. It would be nice if we could see some type of stability coming out of 2021 from him to give a positive kind of sign for a future that will be bright. He's six foot seven. I mean, he's the master build. I mean, if you're going to build a pitcher physically, he's got it all physically, but uh, yeah, now I'm kind of lost with him and it's too bad. I wonder, and I wonder, and I wonder, well, you know, we've talked about a lot of different prospects, so many prospects. I love prospects. We could talk about them forever, but you know, we should move the show forward here and continue on. Uh, Shelly, is there something that you see as a universal truth about all prospects, the good ones, the great ones that make them great or good, or is it always a combination? It's never one thing. Um, I guess I could play it safe and say it's never just one thing. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> um, when it comes to hitters, always bet on the hit tool. Um, and then when it comes to pitchers, always bet on the fastball. Like if they got fastball plus command, just, yeah. Uh, so I guess that's how I would go, um, if that makes sense. No, oh, it makes total sense. Sometimes it's just that simple. What about draft prep for Dynasty? How is Dynasty draft prep different than redraft prep? Just because it's more de- in depth, or is there anything beyond that? Um, I guess it's just bas- basically more in depth. Um, and then if you're doing just like a startup Dynasty league, um, see how the room is going because they will always be the the, the guys or gals going for right now versus five years away and Mm -hmm. i like to kind of like go in the middle and just try to be competitive throughout so definitely pay attention to the the draft room and kind of figure out where you stick in so you're not doing the same thing as someone else oh yeah that is one of the key things you know you got to find your own path and just forge ahead with it don't be shy Trust your gut, trust the data that you have and the experience that you have too. Experiential and data-driven combos, that's the way to go. Me and Dario always, always say that. You can have a lot of data, but you also can rely on your experiential knowledge and mix the two together to create an outstanding outcome as a fantasy manager. Right, Dari? Sometimes you just go by gut. What? You can't do that. I go by gut a, How a dare lot. you? It's one me championship. <laughs> People are laughing right now. Or they're not. (laughs) No, that's silence on this one. So, Shelly, I got to ask you this. So you you play in a lot of dynasty leagues. Do you see a lot of action in terms of trades within those dynasty leagues? And is it usually guys that are just trying to go for the young, you know, prospects going for, you know, trying to win in 2022, 2023? And is it usually for other prospects or is it more often than not for guys that are going to have an immediate impact? Oh uh, yeah. Like in all of my dynasty leagues, they're all different. Like there is like a couple of dynasty leagues that absolutely you very rarely see a trade. Uh, but then there are others that really like to mix it up. And I just, uh, and I guess it's, kind of like the players that are in that in those leagues where they're just like, oh, I'm kind of semi-competitive. Let me get a prospect that I like. Oh, or, oh, I like this kind of undervalued guy in the majors right now. I think that he can really 
really help with my team. Let me just kind of trade here. Um, so it really depends on, for me, it depends on like the league that I'm in, whether they're just uh, either just trying to, you know, be like the pirates and just tank <laughs> or, <laughs> or they're just trying to mix it up and just trying to, just trying to be competitive. I've seen both ways. Are you someone that makes a lot of deals or no? I'm trying to get better. I I, I fall in love with my, oh, team and my prospects and I don't trade. And I'm just like, oh, I, I I know I'm I'm horrible. So I'm trying to get better. I've done more trades this past year. So I'll give myself a gold star there. Uh, but I still I, I know that I need to get better at that. I think Mike and I are the same way that we kind of get addicted to trading often. Is that true, Michael? Are you are you still that type of guy? We don't even play in many leagues together, but I know you were I used to making a lot of trades. I used to. I, I've changed a little bit depending on the situation. I, I'm not as trigger happy. It depends on the league and the situation. But I, yeah, I admit I was fallible once upon a time. I made mistakes and uh, I've got a lot to learn. I do. I really do. I still do. But Trading is overrated at times, but then sometimes making a trade is really going to be the game changer for you. And if you make multiple trades in a row, you can fool people and confuse them and end up with a balanced roster that you wanted in the first place. So yeah, yeah. it depends. Yeah. I wonder, no miners in 2020. I want to get your opinion on how you see the impact for 2021 season with no minor leagues. And I know that we've had the video that you talked about looking at, you know, clinic ripping bombs and training site video, but mm -hmm. we don't have any stats. We don't have a lot of data to back up on anything related to these training sites. I want to know, do you see it as a benefit for certain types of minor leaguers that there was a no minor leagues and there was training sites, or do you see it as a negative overall? How do you view the situation going into 2021? Um, I think it would kind of depend on the prospect. Um, but I guess I kind of view it as a negative just based on, I mean, I know when I played, uh, softball, um, uh, the, the competitive juices and just being in a game is like totally different than playing just kind of like pick up softball or whatever, Yeah, which I understand. Um, but a guy, um, for my Red Sox, the Tristan Casas, who didn't hit above high A, and he went to the you know the alternate site and he seen he saw like the most advanced pitching that he has really ever seen, and he really really produced. So seeing just more advanced pitching probably honestly helped him more than just being at where he was going to be. So I think maybe like the lower the lower level elite prospects i think it really helped their development versus kind of the okay guys that like double a AA or triple a i think that it might have hurt them huh all right i find that interesting because i talked to some other people and they said that there might actually be a benefit for the younger players mm -hmm. because they got to face better hitters or pitchers than they would have faced at their level because everybody got mixed together yeah so it could throw out of whack a lot of the arrival times in 2021 and beyond just based on this experience, which might've been more beneficial than some realized. What do you think of that? Do you think that's 
legitimate and reasonable or is that kind of a stretch? Yeah, I, 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 I think so. I just, yeah, I have no idea. It's because we didn't really get like a lot of video. And the only thing that we heard about, we only heard good things. We never heard bad things. And there's, you, <laughs> I mean, you know, what? That, you know that there was yeah. bad things. I mean, I, we're not naive. So it's just like, I, I, next year is just going to be like so crazy when it comes to prospect stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm expecting too. I think a lot of uncertainty and even the best of the best when it comes to dynasty and prospect prognosticators, they might be surprised at what they see next year and this season. Who the hell really knows? It's going to, we're all in that boat because 2021 was, you know, a, it was a year of confusion and people were, you know, not able to play a full season. And it's just a bozo ass season. That's what it was. So, yeah, we all know the truth. Thank you, Mike. We've covered this before. I can't right. wait until next year when we don't have to talk about the 2020 season at all anymore. Yeah, that would be really great. That would be really yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. Right. We came into the we came into the industry in an interesting time, Gary. All right. Well, that's it. We, we learned so much from you about prospects and dynasty. That was really cool. Thank you for sharing some of your insights and your opinions. Uh, I like it a lot. I appreciate it. This is yeah. the Haynes Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Two L's, two Z's, Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMails.com, Palazzo Podcast on Twitter. It is now time for the Shine or Ride the Pine segment where we're going to give you a projection and you're going to say Shine, which means you'll take it, take the over. Like if I give you 35 home runs, you're going to say Shine. Or if you think it's under 35 home runs, Ride the Pine. What do you say? I'm ready for it. Let's go. Hey, all right. Woohoo. I'm excited too. Uh, we like to use Steve Paolo, our buddy. I love Steve Paolo. He was on the show last year. Steve Paolo will be on the show again this year, coming up next month. We got a lot of fun guests coming up too. So if you like the show and you like talking with people and hearing what people like Shelly have to say about fantasy baseball, then you are listening to the correct podcast. Me and Deary have you covered. All right. So. I'm going to give you a projection, and you're just going to say shine around the pine on it, and they're all going to be related basically to, you know, prospect-type players. They may have had a cup of coffee, so, you know, they're not exactly virgins to the MLB diamond, but they're falling in line with what we've been talking about, okay? Cool. All right. Uh, The first one I would like to talk about is a player that is, I don't know, (laughs) I have mixed feelings on this player because sometimes I look around and I'm like, hey, is this the guy we can really rely on? Is he going to be a difference maker? Is he going to be somebody who changes, you know, the situation he's involved in? I have my doubts about it. But, you know, the the more time passes, the more I'm actually vamping here because I can't find the player I was looking for. So (laughs) I I figured. Yeah, yeah, if you can, you can all look at me right now. I'm trying to find him and he's not showing up for some reason. I apologize for this technical error. Do you know Please. how to spell his name, Michael? <clears throat> um, do I know how to spell his name? That's a good question. Uh, I, uh, I've totally blown this segment out. Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel like a fool. I feel like a total doofus. For some reason, I can't find the prospects section of his. Steve Paul, your projections are not easy to find when it comes to prospects. Where are they? I can't find them. Yeah, I'm totally lost. No. Oh, here we go. Okay. Uh, this guy came up last year and he got a cup of coffee and people liked what they saw. 
I don't know if he's legit. He's an older dude. Dean Kramer of the Oreos. Are you familiar with Dean Kramer? I am. Okay. All right. So will Dean Kramer have an ERA of 3.96 or less next season? This season? Mm. Oh, Brian Depine. I think he's going to have over. As much as I like him, I yeah. He, I mean, he pitches in Camden and in the AL East. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's got to be over that. Yeah. That, uh, the curveball gets a lot of run. There's a lot of excitement about that curve, but... Uh, uh, you know, the ALEs came in yards, like you said, scary place. Here's a guy that everybody seems to love now. Brian Hayes of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Very highly touted prospect. Yeah. Will he hit 237 or better next year? Seems low. <laughs> that does seem low. He's got to hit better than that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've been a Brian Hayes uh, uh, fan for a couple years now, and uh, I just love what he did this year or this past year or whatever. You're um, not alone. <laughs> yeah, I just he is I, rising in an SBC right now. Yeah, I, I I just love to see it. I remember it was a couple of years ago where it was there was like a a prospect debate, right? It was like Brian Hayes or um, um, who's the third baseman for the Atlanta Braves? Oh, Austin um, Riley. Yeah, and there were like so many people who were on Austin Riley, and I was like, no, it's Cabrian Hayes, and I got a lot of you know poo poo on that. But you got a lot of shit for that. Why? I I don't know. Austin Riley is a hotter name, though. I think it's probably yeah. Right. You got to love that thirty-four point four K percentage, right? Exactly. So I'm 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 just sitting back here with like all of the you know all of the Cabrian. Hazes on all of my dynasty leagues. I'm just sitting back and just just smiling. So there you go. Okay. Uh, here's the guy we talked about earlier, Tarek Skubal. Uh, we're going to go with the innings pitch, but we don't know how that's going to play out. Will Tarek Skubal have an ERA of 3.98 or lower? Lower. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. I think it's going to be like a. Three eight. It's gonna be kind of close there. He oh, still. Oh, we would be ecstatic with that. Uh, yeah, yeah, he he still has some work to do, and I I I've heard um uh, he had a interview with uh, Nick Pollock from uh, Pedralist, and he he is working on some of his breaking ball stuff, and I do believe in that fastball. So yeah, I think it's gonna be lower. Hmm. Okay. He needs to avoid the White Sox and Twins for that to be lower. Yes. <laughs> it has to, yeah, that's a, that got to be a little bit of a concern. Yeah, the, bl- the blow-ups is, is what's going to concern me about staying under, uh, you know, the 3-9. Yeah, that's true. You know, well, Steve's projections could be aggressive at times, and I find that to be a bit progress- uh, aggressive. But, hey, I like it, Steve. I like that we're uh, giving him an opportunity to maybe be better than he might be. Hunter Harvey, we're back with the Orioles. Hunter Harvey's been around for a while, a long time, a lot of injuries. Uh, never really pitches at the major league level all that much. So I still think he's actually a rookie. <laughs> I mean, in terms of uh, eligibility, because he's never had a chance to really be at the MLB level. 22 saves this year. 22 saves from Hunter Harvey. Will he get a chance to finally be the closer for them? Um, Yeah, I think so. Um. I guess, yeah, I, I guess that's a pretty good number. I'd go maybe, like, slightly over because I don't really know who else would close for, for Baltimore. Um, so, yeah, 22 saves. I think that that's pretty reasonable, yeah. 
Hey, all right. Here's a Pittsburgh Pirate who's still on the roster. He was not traded. JT Brubaker. Yeah. Nice little cup of coffee in 2020. This year, though, will he have a 1.12 whip or lower? Uh, that's a good number. Um, uh, uh, maybe a slightly higher. Uh, but that's a really, really, really good number. Um, I was really impressed with, with JT Brubaker this year. Um, I write about uh, Pirates prospects over at uh, Pitcher List. Um, so, yeah, I was kind of in on him, but uh, I didn't expect him to kind of do as well as he did. Um, I always thought of him as like a fifth or sixth type of pitcher, but he impressed me. And he, there are some interesting pitchers, pitches in his arsenal, so I do think that he can uh, be pretty pretty useful. Luis Patino is now on the Tampa Bay Rays. He's been a highly touted prospect. He's one of Padres' better prospects. Pitched briefly in 2020. It was a disaster, but it was only like nine innings. I mean, it wasn't that big a deal. In 2021, can we expect him to have at least 72 strikeouts? Yes, I, I do think so. Um, I, I I think that the Rays are going to give him some time. Um, at, you know, it's starting. I don't know if he's going to start with the team because the Rays do raise types of things. <laughs> um, but I do think that he'll get more than uh, 72 strikeouts. Okay. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, we talked about him earlier, too. Adrian Morahone. 1.10 whip or lower. Whatever his role is, it might be his reliever. That could happen. That's true. Uh, I think it's going to be a tad bit higher, though, because I do think that as much as I love that rotation in, uh, in San Diego, it does have some injury risk, so I do think that he's going to get more starts than we think. So I think that whip's going to be a tad bit higher. Oh, dreads. Poor Adrian. It's not fair. It's not yeah. fair what happens sometimes. But, hey, that's okay, Adrian. It's not your fault. Some things are beyond your control, especially when you're a Major League Baseball player. Who's, who's to say for sure, right? I don't know if he'll be a starter or a reliever, and I think the jury is still kind of out on where we can see him. But I, I I like what he has to offer. But in terms of other players that I like, how about... Oh, God, I lost him now. Oh, man, this list is so huge. I hate when I lose the player. I'm so excited about it. Chris, there he is. Chris Bubich. Bubik? Do you know how to say his name? I always say it wrong. It's Bubich. It is Bubich. That's what I thought. Yeah. Boobich. He's got to change the spelling of that name to be a bitch. He does. <laughs> uh, uh, can we expect 127 innings pitched from Chris Boobich? Uh, yeah, I think so because I mean, I I, I applaud Kansas City for bringing up uh, bringing up him last year. Uh, so yeah, I do think that they're just going to go full board with all these young guys. Love to see it. So yeah. Ooh, Spencer Howard, a guy we talked about earlier. Can we expect Spencer Howard to have throw 90 strikeouts next year at least? If he's healthy, yes. Yes. So if he's healthy, caveat. A caveat, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, if he's healthy, yeah, that's what he'll do. And that'll be exciting. Logan Allen of Cleveland. A lot of excitement about Logan Allen in some circles. 371 ERA in 2021. I think it'll be a tad bit lower. I think he's going to be in the bullpen. Um, oh, 
So I, I think it'll be lower and he might get like a spot start here and there. Um, I do like that Cleveland drafted another Logan Allen this year. So now they have <laughs> two, two Logan Allens. Did they? Uh, yes, they do. And I think it's, I think it's hilarious. That's it is hilarious. I'm so glad to hear that. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard today. And that's just today. That's just today. So. Uh, a couple more. Here's a guy who's we're still not sure what's going on with him, but uh, Gavin Lux, very highly touted prospect. Now it's, it's like he's post hype somehow, which seems kind of silly. Will Gavin Lux steal more than four bases in 21? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, as much as the Dodgers are, I, ugh. Ooh. I, I, I like the Dodgers, but I understand how they're kind of going. Like they really want to be competitive and maybe Gavin Lux has not shown it. Uh, Gavin Lux is still the best second baseman, uh, that they have. I, I'm, I'm sorry, Chris Taylor. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I do think he'll get more strong than that. Okay. I can respect that. I, I think that, you know, his situation is a lot more unique than some others. I really think he'll bounce back eventually. He was too talented, yeah. and the Dodgers know what they're doing. I mean, another – I'll give you one more here. Uh, will Gavin Lux hit higher than 219 this year? Yes, definitely. Okay. See, that's what I- – Steve, you got to check your uh, machine. I feel like the Gavin Lux. <laughs> <laughs> the Dominion machine. Yeah, the, the Gavin Lux section is broken or something. Uh, but again, he's aggressive. What can I do? What can I say? What can I say about him? Uh, a couple more, and then we'll put this to bed. Casey Mize. We want to talk about Casey Mize. You're not as big a fan of him, but we expect 106 innings pitched, assuming a full season, of course. We're assuming full season. Sure. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. If- yeah, if he stays healthy, he's the, the Tigers. I mean, they're gonna just let him just go. I mean, they they brought him up this year when I didn't necessarily think that he was ready. It was a great debut. I was super stoked to see him. Um, but yeah, I mean, if he's healthy, I think that you should let him go. Kristen Bash, can we expect Christian Bash to hit nine home runs this season? Uh, yes, because I think that he's going to get a lot of playing time. So, yes, I think he gets to, like, 10 or 11. Wow. Okay. And one more. Let's see. Which one do I want to go with here? Uh, these are all retreads. Retread fest. A lot of retreads here. Oh, boy. Oh. I can't find any more. We just had the segment there. We did a lot. That was fun. We did shine and ride the pine. That was great. Wow. I can't wait to see how. Oh, here we go. Here's one more. One more. Here. Dalton Varsho. Mm. A lot of excitement around Dalton Varsho. Regardless of how the season goes, can we expect him to steal seven or more bases? I think so. Um, yeah, I think so. I'm not as high as many others are on Dalton Barsha. Um, oh. Because he can't catch. So in in so in Dynasty League. That could be a problem. <laughs> in Dynasty Leagues, I don't think he's gonna stay a catcher. And then when he's out in the outfield, that profile is gonna be totally different. So I'm just not a big 
fan. I, we're just basically drafting a catcher that can do something. So, <laughs> <laughs> a human being that plays baseball who maybe can catch the ball. Exactly. Oh, wow. Well, I got to tell you, that was interesting. I cannot wait to see how some of these projections play out because we have no idea what the season is going to be and how long it's going to be. There's still a lot of unknowns, even though it's very late January. It's, um, I don't know. I, I'm excited because I want to see a full season of baseball. Like Deary said, 2020 stinks. I would kill for the 162 game season. And I can't believe that we're striving so hard just to get back to that point now, but it really is where we are, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, unfortunately, I mean, again, like we were talking about before, we don't even know the rules of the game yet. <laughs> we'll leave it to Manfred to come up with that. What? Two days before the season starts. Exactly. <laughs> fine. Fine. That's fine. I can live with that. Right, so, hey, it's Rico Blotto fantasy baseball podcast. We're wrapping up the show here. Last thing, but not least, we got to do the listener chatter. We had a lot of responses. When you say someone's coming on to talk prospects, boy, they really come out of the woodwork. It's more than anything else. You know, people just, they want to have talk about what their prospects will do and what's the, you know, this guy going to do and yada, yada, yada. So first one is from Phil at try the veal child at try the veal child. Interesting handle, Phil. Thanks for uh, tweeting the show, Phil. Who will be this year's Devin Williams reliever prospects that you could see getting rookie of the year votes while also helping with ERA whip K's, et cetera. Those, those sections. Uh, oh boy, reliever prospects. Oy vey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess technically because this guy is still a prospect. Um, Emmanuel Classe of the Indians. Um, I think that he's going to be the closer over James Karinchak. Oh wow, really? Yes. Oh, um, I. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love Karinchak. He has a lot of strikeouts, but he also has a lot of walks. Um, and Classe is more of the the safer bet, and I just think that he's gonna be the guy who gets more saves. So technically, he's a prospect, so I'm gonna go with him. Okay, that's fine. And he's kind of like a forgotten guy because of his, uh, you know, suspension and stuff like that. Karinchak is getting all the heat, so that will be quite the take if it comes to pass. I would love to see that. I love upsetting the established order. J-Dub at J-Dub the Gamer tweets at us. Will 2021 be Vidal Brujan season? Oh, boy. Um, Tampa Bay Rays prospect. Exactly. No, I don't think so. Um, uh, Tampa really likes, you know, like their Joey Wendells and stuff. And I like Joey Wendell, too. Um, so unfortunately I don't think so. I think he doesn't come up. If he does come up, it's going to be later in the year and they're going to do Tampa Bay Rays type of stuff. So I don't think it's going to be his Bruhan season until next year. Sorry, Jay. I mean, you know, you can't win them all. Sometimes you don't get what you want. Uh, Rolling Stone said it in a song and still holds true to this day. Uh, I think we had uh, one more here. Prospects, 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 prospects. Uh, nope, that's it. We did them all. Okay, wow. Well, I thought there was Sweet. more. There's all these dumb tweets about uh, the stupid <laughs> music video song or the song I did. I don't know. Who cares about that? What I care about? <laughs> what I care about is uh oh, we didn't do the emails though. Let me check the emails. Uh, 
Oh, do you think Luis Patino, uh, this is from Steve, will be a starter or a closer this or a reliever this season? Ooh. Um, I think he's going to be a starter, but again, he's with Tampa, so he'll probably only go like, you know, what, five, six innings, and then they'll take him out in the uh, World Series, kind of like they would Blake Snell. So. Hmm. <laughs> uh, this one's from Sam. Do you see any of the 2020 draft picks having an impact this season, like Asa Lacey or um, Max Meyer? Is it Max? Yeah, yeah Max Meyer. Max Meyer. Um, I don't think so. I mean, I definitely like Asa Lacey. Um, I just think that he's just he'll come up in, next year. He's a really, really he's like my favorite pitcher of the you know the the previous draft and then max meyer i don't think so um i do if if miami wanted to make him a complete just a reliever he would totally be just legit like awesome but i think they want to make him a starter so i think he needs a little maybe about a year year and a half to see if he's actually a starter over a reliever there you have it okay thank you so much for all your tweets your emails it makes the show better when you connect with us and we can have our own little Palazzo community. It's fun here on the Hey, it's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Two L's, two Z's on Twitter. Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. You talk. Give me two. All right. Thank you so much. Shelly, you did it. You survived Ooh. your first Palazzo experience. Uh, are you okay? Yeah. And um, I just want to thank, uh, thank you for having me. It was, it was great. You guys are fun. Yeah. I'm really glad I finally got to meet you. It's so strange to... And I think it's important to recognize these moments. You were on the panel last summer during PitchCon, and mm-hmm. I was watching that that night, and I was just in my first season of this stuff. And I was like, oh, I like what she, you you stood out as like uh, somebody who spoke well and had opinions, and I like those kinds of people. And, and now here we are. We did a show together. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's. I think it's cool to take a moment and be like, wow, hey. It's full circle. And that's Shelly, cool. I also think your name has been dropped at least three or four times in the last couple of weeks by other guests that have been on. So it's a pleasure to finally meet you and bring you on to the pod. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I don't know why I'm so popular. Like, seriously, <laughs> I, I, I just kind of like uh, chalk it up to uh, my baking and my cute little puppies. That's all I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's not because you know anything about fantasy baseball, though. That's not why. Pies and bulldogs. Exactly. <laughs> no, you know your shit. That's great. That's why we had you on. And uh, thank you again. Uh, tell people uh, what they can look forward from you here. You know, the draft season's gearing up and we got the opening day a couple months away. What can we look forward from you over the next couple of months? Uh, yeah. Um, over at the the Dynasty Guru, uh, it's kind of like ranking season right now. Um, I I, we're finishing uh, shortstop, so we're going over Dynasty League outfielders. We're ranking from, I think, 1 to 200. Um, so every day of the week, we got a nice article over there, um, over a picture list. Um, I have my top 50 uh, Red Sox prospects coming out. Um, that's really about it. Um, I'm always talking about you know baseball on Twitter, so just hit me up. Will do. You can make that a guarantee. And, uh, you know, if anytime we want to talk prospects or dynasty, we'd love to have you back on another time. If you would love to come on, we will have you. Awesome. Can't wait. 
Cool. Great. All right. That's it. We're done. Thanks for watching the live stream. For those of you that did, and if you're listening to the podcast, it's over too. It's the Hanson Rico Plato Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Two L's, two Z's on Twitter. Plato Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Plato Podcast and all your favorite social media platforms. Thank you for tuning in. We wish you all the best. Thanks to Shelly. Thanks to Chris. C. Deary1999 on Twitter. And MJ Govier is my handle. Godspeed, everyone. Bye, everyone. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.